Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of If These Hills Could Talk. I'm your old buddy, Tennessee Brando, and it's great to be with you wherever it is you're listening to podcasts. I uh, hope you all are having a good day on this Monday. It's a beautiful day here in East Tennessee, and uh, I finally was able to play some catch-up. I put you guys an episode out on uh, Friday, and uh, I was a week late doing so, so I said, man, I got some time. The kids are gone. I got the house to myself. I can sit down here at my table, hook up my recording equipment, and get you all something out into the world to listen to. So I hope you're having a good day, and I hope you've had a good week, and I hope this week's going good. I had a good trip, a safe trip up to Morgantown, Indiana, where I played up at Frenchie's Pub, and I want to give a shout-out and thank the Hall brothers for taking care of me up there. They always uh, treat me right, and uh, it's always a good time there. They really appreciate the music, and uh, that means a lot. Um, had a good trip up, and uh, on the way back down, guys, I knocked something off my bucket list, and i got to tell you about this. I stopped by the grave of Muhammad Ali in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he's buried, if you ever want to go, he's buried at the Cave Hill Cemetery in Louisville. And I say Louisville because that's how he said it. I say Louisville, but since, we're, since I'm talking about Ali, I have to say Louisville. And so I stopped by Louisville, Kentucky there. And I got a picture of Ali over here on my on my kitchen counter. <laughs> he's where he's punching the Beatles. That's uh, one of my favorite pictures that I found at the at the Lexington Peddlers Mall, by the way. But uh, if you ever if you ever stop by walking that damn place, I'm telling you that that is one of the biggest Peddlers Mall that I've ever seen. And uh, it goes on and on and on. It's it's bigger. It's damn near bigger than my whole the whole damn road I live on. It's huge. But anyway. Um, I stopped by and knocked one off the bucket list, man. I visited Muhammad Ali's grave. For those of you that don't know, I've been a boxing fanatic ever since I was old enough to know what it was. Uh, it was funny growing up. I had two grandfathers. They were different as night and day uh, in so many ways. And uh, one of the ways they were different is one grandpa on my dad's side loved boxing and one, one granddad on my uh, mom's side loved wrestling. And because I loved both grandpas, I loved watching boxing and wrestling with both of them. So if I was over at my grandpa's on my dad's side, it was, hey, you know, uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna watch a boxing match. And if I was over at uh, my grandpa on my mom's side, it was, hey, we're going to watch a wrestling match. So it, it was great. Uh, back in the day, I remember uh, watching uh, some Sugar Ray Leonard fights with uh, my papa Fusen and uh, Ricky, Dra- Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Rick Flair with my papa Robin. So that was, that was great. And... Uh, uh, so I knocked it off the bucket list. I stopped by and I visited the grave of Ali. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was very humbling because when I was growing up in the eighties, uh, Mike Tyson was king shit of fuck mountain. And, uh, I mean, as a kid, I loved him because he knocked people out in the first round and you, you thought he was invincible. Of course, until he met Buster Douglas, and you found out he wasn't, I mean, Buster Douglas will never hear this podcast, but if you ever do, if somehow Buster Douglas stumbles across this podcast, buddy, you yanked a 10 year old's innocence right out of him, man. You ripped my guts out, you prick. And besides, Tyson knocked your ass out in the eighth round. Go back and watch it. Watch him pick up the count. Watch the referee pick up the count. It was a long count. Tyson won that fight. I'm still pissed about it. 32 years later. Fuck you, Buster Douglas. But anyway, uh, you know, Tyson was the king of boxing to me back then. And uh, But one time I saw an interview where Mike Tyson was on like Arsenio Hall and he was sitting between uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Muhammad Ali. And I had seen some, you know, commercials with Muhammad Ali on them, you know, things like that. I knew who he was. And they asked Mike Tyson who was the greatest and who would win in a fight against Ali. And he pointed to Ali and said, he's the greatest and he would beat me. And that made me just go, hmm, let me check this guy out. And uh, I just fell down into a hole back then of trying to seek out anything I could find, Muhammad Ali, and quickly became a diehard fan. And I would sit and watch later on in my life when I got up in my 20s, especially for some reason. 
I just started going back and studying those Ali fights like the gospel, man. I've probably watched, no joke, I bet I've watched The Thrill of Manila 200 times if I've watched it once because I've watched it two or three times in one day. I've watched it and backed up and watched it again. I've literally took out notebook paper and scored it like a judge and would watch it, you know, watch it today, watch it tomorrow, watch it next week, see if I judge it differently, see if I look at it a little bit differently. And every time I've ever watched that fight, I've learned something new. I literally would sit down with that fight. I'm not making this up, and I would I would watch nothing. I would just look at Ali the entire fight for, 15, for 14 rounds. Then I'd rewind it, watch it again, and I'd just pay attention to Joe Frazier. And then I'd I'd turn back on, and I'd pay attention to the referee, and I'd pay attention to the crowd, and I'd listen to the, see if I could hear what the sound men were saying. Uh, not sound men, but the corner men were saying. And so uh, I just become a diehard Ali fan, and I loved what he stood for. I loved I loved that he stood up for his beliefs and, and what he meant to the world. And uh, to stop by there, if you've never been to Cave Hill Cemetery, that is a massive cemetery with some very famous people in it. Colonel Sanders is in it. Uh, the woman that wrote the happy birthday theme's in it. Uh, actually, the happy birthday to you, the, the woman that wrote that song is uh, in it. Uh, there's a, like, a, I can't remember his name. There was a baseball player in there. There was a, like a basketball player. There was a statue of some Senator. It is a very elaborate, uh, cemetery. It's like the, the, the stones are like monuments. I mean, it's like there's statues and all these big monuments to people. And it, it's insane. And Ali's is not as, as elaborate as some of the others, which kind of surprised me. I thought it was going to be one of those situations where we were going to pull into a cemetery and then just see, you know, a big massive something over here and go, oh, there's where Muhammad Ali is. But that actually wasn't the case. His was his was very nice. It was very well well done. But uh it wasn't as elaborate as some of the other people's and that kind of surprised me. It was it was very humbling. And if you ever go, if you're an Ali fan, you ever go, uh there's two exit there's two ways into the place. And that's what made it hard to find because I came in the wrong way and had to figure out how to how to come in the way the directions tell you. If you come in from uh, Baxter Street, make a left and you uh, you go to the Rhodes Fork. When the Rhodes Fork, one road will have a green line. And if you follow that green line, that green line goes all the way to his grave and stops. And it, it takes you a little bit to get to it. But that's that's the trick I found to, to get into it. And I found that online, and I followed it, and it worked. And uh, it was a very uh, humbling experience seeing the grave of uh, the all-time great Muhammad Ali. That was, uh, that was really cool. And there was a little uh, bee box on his grave which was uh which was really cool you know hands can't hit what your eyes can't see float like a butterfly staying like a bee that was that was cooler than shit so uh yeah it was a, it was a great time and uh knocked that one off the bucket list came home rested up yesterday and today i was like man there's there's a lot of stuff we could be talking about so i'm gonna make another podcast before something comes along and makes me busy again and uh one thing i stumbled upon and watched, and that's kind of the heart of today's subject. I'm not going to be breaking down a Bible story, but if anybody wants me, if anyone has any request <laughs> for me to break down a Bible story, just let me know. Because those really went over um, well with listeners. I've had a lot of uh, people reaching out to me about that one and making suggestions. So if anyone has any suggestions for those that you would like to see me take a look at and uh, and break them down and analyze them, I'd, I'd be uh, happy to do so. Uh. But today is going to be a little bit different. I, I Something came to my attention, and I watched it, and I had so many thoughts going through my head when I did, and that was the White House Correspondents' Dinner and uh, Joe Biden roasting uh, the Fox News reporters, roasting the GOP, and throwing some shade at Donald Trump. And it just, there was so many thoughts went through my head when I seen it, uh, because that is the, that's the Joe Biden that I voted for. 
that's the Joe Biden that I've wanted to see for the last two years. And uh, he really delivered. For all the ones that tries to say that he is, you know, that he can't remember shit and that he can't talk and he can't complete a sentence, I'm going to be honest with you guys here, okay? I kind of fell in to that belief pattern back when he was running for president. Because, yeah, Joe's getting older and he's slowed down some. And I, I won't lie about that. Um, and, you know, it's very easy uh, to take clips of somebody and string them together and make it look like they can't remember shit. And for those of you that wants to argue with me on that one, I'll point something out to you. How many times did Trump tell you that the media put videos together? How many times did Trump tell you that CNN altered videos to make him look stupid? So it's, it, it is possible. And, you know, people have strung together clips of Joe Biden stuttering or Joe Biden, you know, forgetting what he was about to say. And uh, then you, when you hook it together into a three-minute reel and show it to everybody and put a little uh, cartoon do, 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 music playing behind it, then, yeah, you can create the illusion that he's a, a dumbass that don't know what he's talking about. But I think that's uh, one of the straw man arguments that the right wing is playing, the radical right is playing. I think they're, uh, they're painting us as radical leftists when in truth we're not. You know, people like me is just left of center, but they've went so far to the right and so far into their batshit conspiracy theories that people like me looks radical left. And I think that people like us needs to start speaking up. And here's the kicker. We need to keep the energy that Joe Biden had. And that, that, that's what I, that's really what I want to go into here. Um, you know, the the idea that he's this old guy with dementia, let me say this real quick. I, there are people that are very near and dear to me that have suffered and are suffering from dementia. And I'm going to tell y'all a story about an old man that uh, used to book me in his bar uh, to play music. Um, me and this old man become closer than shit. Um, we, uh, I first met him right around the time that my grandmother passed away and right around the time that my dad was going through some things and, uh, me and him had had some arguments, and, and we're, we're way past that now, and I'm very glad of it. But this old man came along at a time in my life when I kind of needed an old man. And he become like a father figure to me for, for about five years. And he suffers today from dementia. And a couple of weeks ago, I went driving by his house. He was sitting out on his porch. And I thought, I'm going to go talk to him. And he, there's a good chance he's not going to remember me. But I'm, I'm going to go talk to him and see see what he says and I knew it was going to hurt if he didn't remember me but I, I wanted to see him anyway so I walked up on the porch and uh, when I first walked up he just says he's looking straight ahead his caregiver sitting there beside him he's looking straight ahead and he goes he don't look at me he don't make eye contact with me he goes we don't need no trouble today I don't want no trouble and I said well I'm not here for trouble I said uh, it's me it's Brandon and uh and uh, I said, do you remember me? And he paused for a minute. And he looked up, made eye contact with me, and he smiled. And he goes, well, it could be a whole lot worse. He said, pull you up a seat. I was like, okay, he remembers me. So I sat down beside of him. And uh, I said, so how you doing? Are you doing okay? He says, yeah. He says, I'm doing all right, you know. And uh, I won't spill the beans on all the conversation, but the part that got me was at the end I realized that he and I had never had a picture together that I know of, or if we did, I'd, I've never had it. And he was kind of a guy that never wanted his face on social media, so I've never shared this picture with anybody um, on social media. I'm not going to show it off there because I know that's not what he wanted. But uh, 
I uh, I said, do you mind if uh, I take a picture of you before, like me and you together, before, like a selfie? Do you mind if I take a picture of us before I leave? And uh, he said, well, we can talk about that sometime. And uh, I said, well, I said, I won't show it on social media. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I just want to take a picture with you. I said, can I take a picture with you? He said, well, what what dates do you boys have open? Uh, when could you come play for me? And I just rolled with it. I was like, okay, I know I know he's slipping now, and I'm going to roll with it. And so I just I said, well, we can be there this Friday. I said, well, we'll be there. I said, you just I said. He said, all right. He said, well, he said, uh, get there about six o'clock. I said, yeah. He said, that's good. He said, get set up. He said, uh, we get you boys back in there, and he said uh, that'll. Uh, he said that'll that'll really build the business back up. That's what we need. That place is closed. His family sold it, and they're turning it down. And when you motherfuckers get on Facebook and share your share your uh, memes about Joe Biden having dementia and Joe Biden forgetting what he's saying and Joe Biden, Joe Biden ain't never gonna see that shit. And Joe Biden ain't gonna give a rat's ass if he sees that shit. And Joe Biden's family ain't gonna see that shit. You know who sees that shit? People like me. People who have loved ones that are suffering from dementia. That's who sees that shit. So go fuck yourself for posting stuff like that. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't do anything to, to, to the narrative, and you, and and it's and it just shows the kind of people that supports Donald Trump. You know, um, you, I've never said anything I've ever said about Donald Trump is I pointed out something that he said straight out of his mouth. I haven't I haven't made references to the fact that he's a fat fuck or any of those things, because because I, I know I realize I I mean. I've never once, and I've seen liberals do it, and liberals are wrong when they make fun of his son, Barron. Liberals are wrong for that shit, and I'll call that out too. I don't make fun of his son, Barron, because I know that there's going to be people out there that have sons like Barron that's going to be hurt by it. So that's why I had to get that off my chest and say that, but, but, but where I was going originally with this was, and this podcast, by the way, is basically Brando going to therapy. And if you if you enjoy hearing me go to therapy and, and being my therapist, then thanks. But if you don't, you're, you're welcome to check out any time. <laughs> but last night, Joe Biden was not stuttering Joe. He was not sleepy Joe. He was none of those things. He was on point. He was funny. He was there. He had the energy. He had the rhythm. And that's what liberals, progressives, and Democrats have got to keep going. And there's so many do's and don'ts that we we just can't do during this year. This is a this is a very important election. You know, every, every, every election I've ever seen, that this is the most important election of our lifetime. Well, it's because the states just keep getting higher as we go. And if history tells us anything, from the time, I mean, I, I can only go back so far in my head to, to, to remember this accurately, but pretty much every time a president gets elected two years later, he loses the house in Congress. And then he spends the next six years of his administration battling it. You know, it's like you, you saw Bush battle the Democrats. You saw Obama battle the Republicans then you saw Trump battle the Democrats. And now Joe Biden could very well be battling the Republicans. And when those things happen, things never get done. And the biggest don't that liberals don't need to do right now is we don't need to start splitting hairs. And what I mean by that is now is not the time for us to get picky and us to, well, I don't know about this guy and I don't know about that and I think I'm just going to set this one out and I'm going to vote third party, blah, blah, blah. Listen, 
the reason the Republicans win elections is because they stick together. And if you, I got a bloodhound dog out here. I named it. I named him Boyd Crowder. If I if I ran Boyd Crowder as a Republican, every Republican in town would get behind my dog and run with it. They wouldn't give a shit. But liberals, progressives, they will they they will start going. Well, I don't know. I'm going to vote third party. I can't get behind that idea because it's not realistic. In a perfect world, yeah, it would be great to have a different choice besides Pepsi and Coke. It would be wonderful to have a different flavor, but it's not feasible. And you vote the third party, you're throwing it to Donald Trump. I saw an interview with Steve Earle one day where he said that he was in a he was in the courthouse. He voted. So he was coming back down an elevator, and there was this lady standing beside of him that kind of realized who he was, and he said he could see she was staring at him. So he said he uh, uh, looked over at her, and she said, I'm sorry, but I had to do it. He said, what'd you have to do? She said, I had to vote for Jill Stein. He said, well, congratulations. You just voted for Donald Trump. You know, and uh, right now is not the time to start talking gun control. Right now is not the time to start saying you're going to come after guns. Right now is not the time to start saying all these other things. What the time is is to realize what we're up against is people who tried to overthrow our government. We're up against people who tried to over who tried to overturn a fair and honest election and who are still peddling lies, conspiracy theories, and bullshit. It, it, it took... Getting Donald Trump out of the White House was like stepping in a big pile of shit on a hot sunny day. Have you ever stepped inside of a massive pile of shit, that big yellow kind, on a, on a hot summer day, and you, you, you got cleats on, and you wipe it in the grass, but you just dig it deeper into the cleats, so you go over to your water spigot, you turn it on, and you have to get a stick, and you have to start kind of raking to try to get the shit to fly to your shoe? That's what it was like getting that big orange stain out of the White House. What do you think it's going to be if he gets back in again? You think he's going to go peacefully? You honestly think he would serve four years and ride off into the sunset like a hero? I don't think he would. He didn't want to go to start with. And his followers are so beyond help that if he comes out and says, well, I'm, I really think because that election was stolen in, uh, in 2020, I really think I deserve another term. Do you think his followers are going to stand up and say, no, no, we can't have that. Now you've, you've served your two terms and you go on with your life? Hell no. And if he said, well, I just think, I think it should just be turned over to the Trump family, and when I die, it should be my sons, and when they die, well, you, you honestly think that the people on the other side would say, no, we've had, is there any line they've not crossed since Trump came onto the, to the scene? Is there any line, is there any load that these people haven't sunk to? How many times do I hear liberals go, man, I can't believe they went that low? God, it went, whoa, I can't believe that. I can't believe that headline I read. I can't count the times that I hear a liberal buddy of mine say, man, I read something the other day and I just couldn't believe it. I'll tell you what else you're going to read one day and you're going to go, I can't believe it. You're going to read that Trump's been reelected and he's been reelected because you didn't stick together when the time counted. You didn't stick together when it really mattered. We can argue about shit later. Vote, vote them out. Vote those people out. Get rid of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Vote her out of there. Get her out, and once it's over, then we can kind of pick apart our candidate. Then we can hold our candidate's feet to the fire and say we want this, this, and that. But you're not going to get anything from that side. So if you've got a Democratic candidate running, you're going, well, hmm, I just really don't like where he stands on this, so I think I'm going to stay home that day. I really don't like his immigration policy, so I'm going to go stay home. I really don't like his gun control policy, so I'm going to stay home. Then you're throwing it to people who are not going to give you a leg to stand on. 
My biggest problem with liberals is they don't they, they don't think about think about how mad you were on the morning that Trump got elected. Think about how excited you were on the day that Biden won. You have to keep that excitement all the time because if you let it slip away, you're going to lose to people who tried to overthrow your government, who tried to take your vote and throw it away. So that energy that Joe Biden had in the room at that correspondence dinner is the energy that liberals and progressives need. And Joe Biden is the leader of the free world. Joe Biden has the biggest platform of anybody in the world. Now, on platforms like TikTok and wherever it is you're listening to this podcast is little old guys like me. And little old guys like me is sitting in a 20-year-old single-wide trailer. I've got a broke-down Ford Explorer out, out front that I can't even get to hardly go to the end of the fucking road, and I'll be lucky. I've not got a job at the moment because I can't, I can't get to one. I'm trying to figure out a way to fix this truck so I can get to, to one. That's, that's the boat I'm in at the moment. And I'm sitting here on my little measly platforms on TikTok and on this, on, sitting here at my kitchen table trying to call out hypocrisy and trying to call out bullshit and trying to point out, look how many times these people have lied. Joe Biden did that at the correspondence dinner when he stood up and said, hey, everybody here has been vaccinated and boosted. And if you want to learn how to get vaccinated and boosted, call your local favorite Fox News reporter because they're all here. They've all been vaccinated and boosted. And they put the camera on their face and they showed them respond. That's what he needs to do every time he walks up to a microphone. Every time Joe Biden gets in front of a microphone, he needs to come out with a video screen behind him and say, this is what Trump said then, and this is what he's saying now, and this is what Marjorie Taylor Greene said then, this is what she's saying now, and this is what this crazy minister named Greg Locke is saying. Don't leave it up to the TikTokers sitting on their porch. Don't leave it up to, 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 the, to the YouTubers. Don't leave it up to the podcasters. You're Joe Biden. You're the president of the United States. Stand up on the biggest platform in the world and expose this bullshit because you know what? Trump sure tried. He's still trying to expose made-up bullshit that he created and concocted out of thin air. He's still standing up for a lie. He still won't admit he lost that election. Every now and then he'll kind of he'll have a moment where he flashes and will admit it just for a second. But nine times out of ten, he's still saying, "No, oh, it was rigged. It was stolen." He's still delivering that lie. He's still standing there dying for the lie, and you won't stand up for the truth. He's willing to he's willing to die, and he's willing to go down in flames for a lie, and you're not willing to do the same for the truth. If you're a liberal progressive person or you're a middle-of-the-road person sitting here going, I don't know what I should be doing, well, good Lord, I'll give Donald Trump this. I don't like the guy. I'm not a fan of him in no way. And I'm, and for those that says, well, I can live with mean tweets. Listen, I don't give a shit about mean tweets. I grew up in southeast Kentucky. I had an uncle named Brad, okay, who, who was mean tweeting in the trailer park long before it was ever a thing. He he roasted anybody that ever come near him. He was, he was, he was as... He was as foul and as ruthless as anybody I ever met. He would cut me down to size if I looked at him wrong. I don't give a shit about mean tweets. But what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to you're going to give up your because because I don't care about that. I don't care about the mean tweets. But you're going to give up. You're going to you're going to let your side lose, and that shit could come back. That shit is what could come right back in your face. It's you know the the biggest problem I have with liberals is they. They're like a guard dog. I'll tell you a story. Back when I was growing up, we had this dog. And this dog barked viciously every time my friends came over. This dog would try to lunge at my friends. 
and we had to call him off, my friends. My grandma would pull up, and this dog would go ballistic. He wanted my grandma. He wanted to eat her ass. And then one night, the garage got broke into, and that dog didn't make a damn sound. And the only thing that happened is the guy tripped. My dad used to get on to me over leaving my, I had these big old, not, it's back in the 80s, it's like 88 or 89, and I had those big cast iron Tonka trucks out in the driveway. My dad used to tell me, don't put your toys in my driveway, I'll run over them. I'll, if, you don't, if, you, if you leave them in there, I'll back out of the garage in the morning and I'll hit, I'll hit your toys and smash them all to hell, so don't, don't leave them there. I did. And the thief, the crook, tripped over him. And that caused the neighbor's dog to start barking. Not our, our dog never made a sound. The guard dog never made a sound. And that is exactly what liberals do when the house is getting broke into. When I've noticed when Democrats are in power, take Bill Maher. I like Bill Maher. He said a whole lot of things I liked. And that that documentary, religious, or whatever the hell you say that, religious, whatever you call it, that was a genius documentary. I can still go back and watch that and show it to people who's never seen it before. That was great. But And I've agreed with Bill Maher on a lot of things. But what's funny is as long as Democrats are in power and things are going good, he will sit and he'll just he'll just roast Republicans. And it's great. But then when it's election year and it's time, it's like, now bark, Bill. Bark louder. He'll go the other way. He'll, he'll, he'll try to beat, oh, well, he'll try to take it and turn it and spin it another way. It's like, just... Could you could you just could you just bark now, Bill, and wait till after the election, and then pull our candidates apart, then tear us apart? The problem is, if you put five, I've said this for years, I probably said it on a previous episode. I don't remember, but if you put five liberals in a room, give them a subject to talk about, they'll come away with five different opinions. If you put five Republicans in a room, they will listen to Fox News, and they'll all they'll they'll take that opinion, and they'll all five believe it to the death, and they'll fight and they'll die for it. And that's what we're up against. So can't we get our guys in and our women in that we need in power? And can't we vote these these crazy ass people that are, by the way, nothing's sticking to them. Have you noticed that? No matter how many times they get caught in lies, nothing's sticking. But it's not sticking because we're not, because the, the, the strongest man in the world ain't even holding them accountable. When Joe Biden says, well, I just want to move past it. I don't want my presidency to be defined by Donald Trump. Sorry, Joe. But your presidency is going to be defined by him whether you like it or not. No matter what you think, Joe, that is exactly what's going to be defined by because he's still out there rallying. He's still out there spewing this garbage that he won. So whether you like it or not, it's going to be defined by that. So what are you going to do about it, Joe? You better do what he did. What I started to say a while ago was that Donald Trump, I don't like him. I'm not a fan of him. But Donald Trump will stand up for what he believes in and stand up for bullshit, and he will drive that point home regardless of what anyone thinks and regardless of whether it's true. He will, he will do it. And Biden wants to move past it and go, well, I don't want to be defined by that. Sorry, pal, we're, we're already there. Okay? We're already there. What needs to happen now is you need to use the biggest platform in the world, and every time you stand up, expose it. Trump says, I've got the proof. They just won't show it. Well, okay. Show it, Trump. He can't. The My Pillow guy can't. Kid Rock can't. Ted Nugent can't. Marjorie Taylor Greene can't. They can't prove a damn thing they're saying. But you can prove what the Republican Party's saying, and I know that to be true because I've done it on TikTok. And several creators that I follow have done it on TikTok. And I've stitched videos with people like Incrediberry and people like Cricket and people like Thomas the Villain if you're if you're a TikToker. 
I've stitched videos with those people showing you that these Fox News people are full of shit. There, there, there's so many reels that you could put together of, of Tucker Carlson changing his tune in one episode of his show. So you're Joe Biden. You're the leader of the free world. Get up there on your platform and expose that bullshit. He doesn't, Trump doesn't have any proof for the shit he's saying, but you've got plenty of proof for what, what I'm saying, and I know it because all of us TikTokers, YouTubers, and podcasters are putting it out there into the world, and we're trying to gain a little traction and make and make people realize it. And I have I've had people say to me so many times, Brandon, you ain't never gonna reach you ain't never gonna reach those extreme people, man. They're too far gone. You ain't never gonna reach them. No, I'm not. I know that I know I'm not. But you know who I'm gonna reach? I'm going to reach that kid. I'm going to reach that young guy. I'm going to reach that young girl that's kind of sitting there on the fence going, hmm, this kind of looks like, this kind of smells like bullshit to me. And it happened recently. And I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to call him out because I know he listens. I know a lot of people listen that knows him. But the other day, I had a conversation with a 25-year-old that was like, you know, I don't agree with everything you say. But the way you break down those Bible stories, and the, man, I never could make no sense out of that. It never did make no sense to me. And man, I tell you, I was listening to you break down that story of Jesus, and man, you 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 did I like that, man. It really made me think. Because I, I used to be sitting there, man, them them church people, you know, they're real judgmental people, man. And and they're real judgmental and and, and they, they judge me all the time and they talk down to me and and I never did buy those stories that's telling me that is the guy I'm trying to reach. I ain't trying to reach the guy that's got a, ta a big poster of Marjorie Taylor Greene over his bed. Feel sorry for him if he does. He needs a Farrah Fawcett photo like a real man. But I'm just saying, you know, it's like you you got to put it out there into the world and you got to say it. And you can't be shy about it. You know, you, I mean, the problem with the world is, I don't remember who who said this. I don't, I don't know if it was Calvin Coolidge or, or Mark Twain or, or Florida Barber or Andy Griffith, if you get that joke. But... They said that the problem with the world is is that people who are confident are full of doubt and people who are full of shit basically are full of confidence. I don't, I don't, that's basically the gist of the quote. I just butchered it all to hell. But that's basically the gist of it. People who are very con are, are very smart people are just kind of lost all confidence and people that are stupider than hell are confident as hell. And that's the problem. You got to take the microphone. The other day, there was a video. I can't remember which TikTok creator put it together. But they put together a reel of Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, uh, quit harassing me. I don't have to answer your questions. Stop harassing me. Leave me alone. And then the next clip was her standing at Marjorie, uh, standing at AOC's door yelling, come on out. Be a big girl. Answer the questions. Answer the tough questions. And I've said it so many times. These people are so WWE. They're so bad guy wrestler. You know, I mean, I'm old school, so the build-up to the first WrestleMania with Roddy Piper kicking Cindy Lauper in the head and all the stuff he did to hype that fight. And by the way, I'm on the side of this. I don't think that the people came to the first WrestleMania to see Hulk Hogan. I think they came to the first WrestleMania to see Hulk Hogan and Mr. T beat up Roddy Piper. You know, that's why they were there. He's, Roddy Piper was one of the greats, and he sold the whole thing. But he did so by being a chicken shit heel. He did so by coming out there, running his mouth, saying one thing this week and one thing the next, and that's what you do if you're a bad guy wrestler. That's what you do if you're the heel. But we're talking about politics. We're talking about decisions. We're talking about people who are elected to an, an official job, and their job is to take care of the people, and they are acting like Roddy Piper. There's a problem there. I, will watch, I rooted for Roddy Piper in WrestleMania, but I'm not going to root for Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
it's so ridiculous to me. I mean, I used to make jokes, and I still make jokes. I'll make jokes like, yeah, Willie Nelson for president. <laughs> I'm not going to vote for Willie. I love Willie, but I'm sorry. He's 90 year old, and he's kind of burnt out, and I'm probably not going to vote for him, okay? But these people are ridiculous. They, they will vote for the blue tick dog if that's what you put out there. And they'll vote for anybody who, who, who satisfies their preconceived notions. That's what we're up against. And that energy that Joe Biden had in that room Every liberal and every progressive, and Joe Biden himself, should latch on to that energy and ride that energy through November. Don't start talking gun control. Don't start talking all this shit. Don't start saying you're coming for the guns, because I don't want you to come for the guns either. So stop that shit. Get that. Get you gotta. You gotta wait till we get through that. Have you ever been? Have you ever been on a long trip with the kids? And two kids starts fighting in the back seat and the air conditioner ain't working in the car and you're all burning up and you're just trying to get to a cool spot to sit down. And you turn around and say, hey, kids, just calm down until I get to this rest stop, please. That's what, that's what we're up against, liberals. Just calm down, okay, till we get there. Vote these people out and then, because, see, we hold our candidates accountable and that's a good thing. I'm glad we do. Congratulations. Good, good for you for doing that. Kudos to you for doing that. You should do that. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm not shitting on you liberals, okay? But I'm just trying to point out that we hold our candidates accountable. And if our candidate says one thing and backtracks and says something else, we go, wait a minute, that's bullshit. And that's why we lose elections. (laughs) Because it kind of takes that cult of personality and that cultish following to get behind somebody. And no matter what they say, that's my guy. Look at how many times Mitch McConnell has flopped. He has called Trump a son of a bitch. Let the Democrats get rid of the son of a bitch. And then, well, uh, well uh, what you got to realize is I will uh, vote for my party. I, I will vote. If, he, if he's a candidate, I will vote for him. Okay. I mean, Joe Biden, get up there and show that. Get up there and show it. Show him, call Trump a son of a bitch, and then say he'd vote for him anyway. Show Tucker Carlson, say, I lie. Show Trump, say, I say it's fake if it's bad. I say it's, I say it's great if it's good. Show him, say it. Because there's people on the fence sitting there waiting. And they're waiting for you to say it. And people, if you want to know kind of how Trump rose to power, people likes confidence. They don't necessarily care what it is you're saying. I'll give you an example. If I walked out onto a public platform somewhere and I had a crowd of people in front of me, and I went, you know, hmm, I think that Cuba is the, um, I, th- I think it's the 51st state. And if I buried my chin and pooched my lip out, people go, he's full of shit, man. Cuba's not the 51st state. What's he talking about? But if I came out with all the confidence in the world, and I said, let me tell you something, my fellow Americans, Cuba is the 51st state. I know it to be true. And the evil liberal media, the satanic pedophiles that they are, they won't tell you the truth. They won't tell you that Cuba is the 51st state. But by God, I know it's true. And I've been trying to tell them for years. And they keep holding back the information. The media won't report it. But trust me, your, your Cuban brothers and sisters, they're Americans. They're the 51st state. I know it to be true. The crowd will go, why? They'll throw the babies in there. Because it's all about confidence. So if you stand up there and go, well, I, I'm here today to reach across the aisle and I'm going to attempt to shake hands with this clenched fist and I'm going to be a president for all Americans. Nobody wants to hear you say that. 
Joe Biden, what you need to do every time you walk out there is do exactly what you did at that correspondence dinner. Roast their ass as hard as you can because you have the truth on your side. Tell them to take Hunter Biden's laptop and shove it up their ass sideways. Say it. Just like I just did. What I want you to do is I want you to take my son's laptop, turn that son of a bitch sideways, and shove it up your Rudy Poe candy ass. Now, is it something necessarily that, that everyone's going to want to hear said? No, but people's going to laugh. People go, well, Joe Biden's off his rocker. He don't give a shit no more. At least throw it shade back. But if you stand over and go, oh, come on, man, and just kind of drop your head down, go for the throat. I don't want to see another, I don't want to see that asshole, Teflon Don, nothing sticks to, go walking right back in there because I don't think he's coming out if he does. And I think if they would try to overthrow the government and if they would try to steal your vote, I believe they'd try to stay in as long as they can, no matter who they put in there. And that should scare the ever-living fuck out of you. When you got people calling teachers the enemy of the country, when you got people who is wanting to rewrite the books themselves and wanting to put their religion as the book that teaches your kid, you want that in this world? Have you really lost your mind? You know, it's, it's folks, I'm just a little old guy in a trailer in East Tennessee, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm one, one, as Pete Buttigieg would say, I'm just one mistake away from being bankrupt. <laughs> I'm one washer going out. My truck's already tore up. I'm, I'm one more move, buddy. If, 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 if the washer, the hot water heater sheets the bed, I'm fucked. And I'm sitting here trying to at least expose this little, my, hey, hey, this, this is what I think. And it's, it's, it's because there's the possibility that there's that one person, that one guy, that one girl sitting on the fence. And I've met several of them that have came up to me, shook my hand and said, yeah, I like what it is you're saying. And I'm just little old me. So imagine if Joe Biden would say it every time he opened his mouth and show it and expose it for what it is. That's what needs to happen. And I want to see that happen. You know, I mean, we're, we're too, things that we've went too far, folks. There's no, there's no getting back. We're not going to get back to the middle for a long time. It's going to take a long time for everything to balance out and, and feel, and, and I don't think it'll ever feel sane again. How many of you have ever been in an abusive relationship? Did you ever really get over it? No. But you had to, somewhere in your life, you had to toughen up, you had to get your backbone, and in the words of my, you know, my Republican people out there, you had to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you had to go on. Well, it's time that we do that. It's time that as many of us stop. I mean, you're sitting there at Thanksgiving dinner. You're sitting there on Easter Sunday, and your uncle, you know, Uncle uh, Ted over here is just rallying off a bunch of shit, and you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to piss off Uncle Ted. He's saying a bunch of shit. It's high time we say, you're spewing bullshit, Teddy. You know, I mean, that's how my Uncle Brad was. If you want to know one of the reasons I talk the way I do, I don't talk about him very much because he meant the world to me and I, I still can't accept the fact that he ain't here with me no more. But my Uncle Brad had no filter. And if, if we and we would say, oh God, it was so funny growing up, we would say that we would gather for Easter, gather for Christmas, gather for Thanksgiving, gather for the 4th of July. And the conversation always went like this, Brad. Um, just, you know, if they start talking politics, just, just kind of try to change the subject. Don't call them out. Oh, bullshit. And I do a pretty good impression of him, by the way. And it's like, hell no. He ain't going to say that shit around me. I ain't going to let him say that shit. 
And so there we'd be sitting there. We're like, oh, God, please don't nobody bring it up. Please don't nobody bring it up. And sure enough, somebody would say, well, I'll tell you something. You see where uh, him Democrats was trying to do this? Buddy, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to put one hand on both your ears and pull your head out of your ass. And, I, and everybody, oh, God, Brad, don't say that. No. Shout that shit from the rooftops, Brad. If Brad was here, he'd be proud of me for doing this podcast. He'd probably be sitting here on it with me. I probably could have talked him into sitting here and talking with me, and he'd have been way more entertaining than me because he, I mean, he would rip it, man. He had no filter. He was mean tweets before they were cool. He'd call, he'd call you out to your face, and, and, and me and him would argue about the Democrats. We would argue, oh, God, you should have heard me and him arguing over Hillary and Bernie. Good Lord. I was a, I was a Bernie bro at one point. He was a Hillary supporter all the way, and, buddy, did he roast my ass. He didn't let up off me. But guess what he done, and guess what I done? When Hillary became the nominee, I went, <clears throat> okay, all right, well, I didn't, I didn't get the guy I wanted, but I sure as hell don't want that. So I went down to the voting booth with Uncle Brad, and we both voted for Hillary on the same day. And he walked out and said, don't you feel good about it? Don't, I said, not necessarily, no, but, I, but, but hey, I, I done what, I, I, I'm, I'm ride or die, buddy. I'm with you. I, we want the same things in life, and we have a better shot of getting them with our side. We're not. We're definitely not going to get him from that. And if he had been alive to have seen, he he, he died of a quick heart attack. I'm glad. I'm glad in a way that, that he went that way and he didn't have to suffer. He was dead before he hit the floor. He went out quickly, and I missed the hell out of him. But if he'd have been alive to have seen the insurrection, that probably would have. He probably would have stroked out about that. And he probably, if I said, "Hey, will you come on this podcast and talk with me, or will you do a TikTok video with me?" I promise you, he'd have been ready, gung ho, balls to the wall. Hell yeah, let's call it out, let's pull, point it out, let's show him for what it is. We need more people like my Uncle Brad in this world. Start talking, start speaking up because you ain't wrong, and don't let them tell you you're wrong. You know, it's 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 bullshit that confident people are walking around with their head between their legs, and stupid ass people are walking around strutting like a manny rooster, walking like Conor McGregor. Hell with that. Speak up for yourself. You're right about it. You're not wrong. So speak up about it. Yeah, you're going, to, you're going to meet people along the way that are good people. You're going to meet people along the way that's going to make you think. You're going to meet people along the way that's going to disagree with you, and there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with anybody. It's okay. But what's not okay is watching our country circle the drain because a bunch of Looney Tunes got a hold of the microphone. And because they were allowed to control the narrative, and like I was talking about in the previous episode, when we let the people that wanted to yell fire in a movie theater get become the champions of free speech, we dropped the ball. We have to keep the energy. We have to keep moving forward. And we have to, after we win, and after we get to the rest stop, then we can argue once we're in our conditioned room, okay? What, what, everybody just relax till we get this car to where we're going. That's all I'm saying. I love it when me and my band gets together for rehearsal or a recording session, and I, I play with such people that are so dear to me. And we get done, and we're sitting around, and somebody brings up a political event. Somebody brings up something that happened. And when they do, I hear three other opinions come back at me. And I have no problem with that. And we disagree on, on a lot of things. But we all want the same things in life. And that's what it's about, people. You know, so if I'm over here pulling for this guy and my, you know, the guy plays bass and or the girl plays bass now and and the and the drummer thinks different, if 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 they think differently and their guy is the one that becomes the 
the, the horse, I'm going to get behind that guy because I know that guy has got more of my interest at heart than the other side. I, for the life of me, cannot believe that anyone who would try to steal my vote, who would try to overthrow their own government, who would try to wage war on their own country, hang their own vice president, I can't believe those people would give a shit about me, and I can't believe those people would ever take up for me or defend me in no way. I can't imagine that if my if I was standing in front of a firing squad, I can't imagine that the people that was at the ride on January 6th would say, yeah, let that liberal go. So it's time to buckle the fuck up and get ready. I know I've cussed more on this episode, but it's because I'm, I'm, I guess I'm channeling a little bit of my Uncle Brad here. Tell him, buddy. Give him hell. Well, I'm trying, Brad. I hope you're listening. I hope there is other side. I, I really do. And I hope when I get over there, we can laugh about it. Um, but it's uh, it's something that uh, that we really need to take serious and think about hard. So that's my take on the Joe Biden speech. That was the Joe Biden I voted for. That's the Joe Biden I want to see from now on. That's the energy that Democrats and liberals and progressives and open-minded people, reasonable people needs to keep alive is keep that energy flowing, keep it going because we ain't in Kansas anymore, Toto, okay? <laughs> We're not there. So uh, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, don't forget, folks, uh, if you follow my music and you want to come out to the show, have a beer with me, then uh, Cinco de Mayo, I will be at Butcher's Pub, uh, 7, p- uh, 7 or 8 p.m., I don't remember. They can't make up their minds. I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, it's, it'll be 7 to 10 or 8 to 11. Just come on out and check it out. Uh, Friday, I will be at the uh, Caboose Saloon in Cumberland Gap from 9 p.m. to whenever I decide to stop. So uh, come on out to those. Have a beer with me. You don't have to agree with me on everything to have that beer with me either. If you disagree with something I said in this video or this podcast, I mean, it's it's not going to be the end of the world. You know, we, we can disagree. We can move forward. We can move on. Uh, but if we want the same things in life, then we need to we need to stand up together and and you know get and change this narrative. Uh, you know, we're not what they say we are. Change that narrative. And, and make the world the best. You know, we always say we want to leave the world uh, for our kids to be a better place. But I, I say, you know, I don't make it good now. You know, why why do we have to wait till we die to do something good? Let's let's try to make the best of it while we can, while we got time last. So that's it uh, for this week. Uh, come on out to the shows. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted when I get more stuff uh, lined up. And um, we'll just. Uh, well, uh, it'll be good. Uh, this this is going to be a good month. I've got a lot of good stuff coming. Oh, and one more thing before I go. I have been slacking on my Patreon, and I'm very sorry about that, but I have had some new subscribers. i got to get some content on there. I'm still learning the ropes on that app, and I did get some a few things out last month, but I'll try to de- definitely double down and uh, get more out to you in the months to come. So I uh, uh, hope you guys have a good week. Hope to see you out of the show. Uh, if you see me out in public, walk up, shake my hand, we'll talk, and uh, it'll be a good time. Until next time. This was uh, If These Hills Could Talk. I'm your old buddy Brando. Y'all have a good week.